Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. Look ahead to Rampage tonight. Two title matches and a J versus the Bunny. But before we get to all that, Sidge, uh, let's get your instant reaction to the ratings for Dynamite beating Raw in that crucial 18-49 to 49 demo for the second week in a row. Red brand's in the mud. <laughs> it used to be the yellow brand that was in the mud. Now there's no longer a yellow brand because Dynamite put it into the mud so thoroughly, and now the red brand is in the mud, all of which, you know, it's funny. WWE doesn't, like, care that much. Well, they shouldn't care that much. WWE fans shouldn't care that much. But it's still funny for me. It's still proof. Don't even evidence. It's proof. What I've been saying all along is goddamn correct. Uh, no, it's encouraging to put my objective boring hat on. It's an encouraging measure of the fact that these demos are catapulting AEW Dynamite to the top of the cable rankings. If you care as much about the sexy six or seven figure number in overall viewership, like we're over the million, wasn't that? Cast your mind back about six months ago. Wasn't that the white whale that once it had been harpooned thoroughly and effectively, that would prove definitively (laughs) that AEW Dynamite was a success? Because if they can't get over a million, this mythical million, then what kind of show is it? It's, It's there now, and I really can't see it dipping below. And that means... Success! AEW's won the game, doesn't it? Because that's what it was a month, uh, six months ago. We were joking about this walking into work today because I was saying to you how they just constantly... I don't know why they're even bothered by this. Because this isn't WWE, this is just stands for WWE on social media. But they constantly, constantly move the goalposts. First it was, alright, beat NXT and then we'll, we'll see. Beats NXT. Like you say, alright, do a million regularly does a million last couple of weeks. You know, I think this week's was the fourth most watched show. 
we'll talk in a second about your anticipation for, for next week's mm. numbers. Sweet Jesus. So they beat a million. I guarantee that then they then they beat uh like you say, they beat Raw in the demos. If it ever got to a point, and it may well do, maybe even next week, goodness knows what they're gonna do. If they ever get to a point where they beat that big, like you say, seven finger, there's seven too many, finger number. There's too many olds. There are too many olds in that battle. But if they do that, for example, because they did like a 0.44 playing Raw's 0.43 in the 18 to 49, I believe. But if they did a, I don't know, 1.7 million viewers, for example, and, and Raw did 1.6 as they did, I think, this week. Then, as I said to you this morning, all right, then, well, technically Dynamite's your flagship show, so you should be our flagship show, which is SmackDown. And even if they did that, whether they beat them in the demos or beat them in the big number or whatever, like I said, then it would be, well, this is your most popular show ever, right? So you have to beat WWE's most popular show ever. Or you said it's sports-based programming, so beat the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, that's all it, it's, it's, it's... I mean, if you were bothered by this, which I know you are, you know, to a certain extent, but really not that yeah, our songs are products great. Yeah. It's preposterous. I mean, I'm only bothered insofar as if you get a white-hot product, the success of which is measured by strong demo numbers and Nielsen ratings, that means AEW has money to go out in about two or three years' time and get more WWE talent or convince international stars to come over. If a lot of people, enough people, love the show, and honestly, it doesn't really seem out of the realms at this point, WCW did the Georgia Dome for a Nitro. It was awesome. I'd love to see the AEW do that, but they can't do it without viewership. So I'm interested in their viewership, mm. interested in the future survival of the preserved professional wrestling that AEW has offered. Genuinely, the numbers continue to be encouraging. Next um, week? Oof. Next week. Like The thing about the sexed up overall, which to be honest, I would rather uh, overall with an amazing demo because that would better guarantee the success of Dynamite and Rampage going forward, at which point, you know, at this point, it doesn't really feel like it's in doubt, like Warner Media are in love with this property. Um, it's very obvious. But yeah, like next week, I just, the olds are the thing. It's, like, it's not as if like people who are 50 don't count. I'm closer to that than a teenager these <laughs> days. But, you know, in terms of the advertising industry and who they wish to target, like that's ultimately what matters. Like more people are watching Raw than AEW Dynamite, I know this. But, like, I just can't see them cracking that old. The reason why advertisers target the 18-49 to 49 demographic and the reason why viewership within the 18-49 to 49 demographic is so prized, so sought... My vowels get mixed up. <laughs> so sought after, there we go, is because when you reach a certain age, your habits are simply not going to change. Mm. Like, I'm not going to get into really young people's music at this point. No. And I'm 36. I'm a hot, trendy, millennial hipster, according to, you know, the, the <laughs> advertising industry. Like, I'm more and more, because life overwhelms you when you reach these ages and your habits just sort of get baked in. Like, I'm not going to... I rarely watch new films. I rarely... If I've got my brand of products that I like, I like Cherry Coke. I'm a cherry coke guy. Mm, I'm choice. going to buy cherry coke. It's the best pop, the best soda. Soda. It's the best soda, pop. I am not going to get lured by a great advert for friggin' cream soda, which is disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people aren't, if people have depended upon a car, a car model, and it's got them this far through life, 
without faults at inopportune times or really expensive maintenance. At 50 years old, if they have to buy a new car, they're going to buy the car that's stayed with them throughout adulthood. Yes. So I'm, I'm the same with phones, for example, now. Like, I'm never going to buy a Samsung or, you know, an alternative yeah. phone because I'm like, well, I know how to use this, and that's me forever. Absolutely. And if you're 55 and therefore the most watching WWE fan there is, that's the median age, you're not going to get your head turned by AEW Dynamite. It's just not going to happen. You've withstood so much moral horrendousness, terrible creative. You've stayed the course. It's just the thing that you like. If you're 55 years old, you're not going to turn the channel over to TNT and say, I've been reading about this on Twitter. <laughs> you can't use a computer, mate. You're 55. That's half of the problem. Yeah. But you're expecting big things next week, not to spoil our preview of, of Dynamite and Arthur Ashe and obviously Rampage from Arthur Ashe for two hours as well. I'll give you a definitive number because I think we should bring that back for a show of this. Yeah, I think so. Scope. Bring back the ratings predictions for next week and possibly next week only. So I will arrive at a final number in time for next week. But for now, in my head, I'm thinking this is this upcoming Dynamite Grand Slam has got the most chance of beating the premier number mm. than any other Dynamite yeah. before. And it's just such a shame that you know Rampage isn't going to do as well this week because they haven't got the boys on it who always do a million. That's 2.0. You're welcome, AEW. Ironically as well. 2.0 have come in every show that are on because they're the real draws and none of this Moxley Punk Danielson nonsense. You know, every show they're on does over a million. And the other 2.0 being NXT would love to do those sorts of numbers. Anyway, um, let's talk about the title matches tonight. We'll talk about the uh, the one versus a car yeah. in due course. Let's start with the tag titles. Lucha Bros versus uh, the Butcher and the Blades. They've sort of snuck up on us in terms of the rankings. Andy Murray's very happy about this, but you feel, well, I sense, this is probably going to be a relatively straightforward first title defense for the Lucha Bros. I mean, the first title defense always is, particularly in a company like AEW, which prizes um, long-term title reigns in order to maintain the prestige of the title um, and get over the people who hold it as actual champions. And champions are resolute. They do not get defeated easily because they are excellent at their craft. Um... I do think at some point there should be a very short title reign, whether that's to get the most out of a babyface who's better in the chase, then he can get the heel over by beating them very quickly, or simply a shock, because as we've said before, there's kind of possibly an issue with how predictable virtually every Dynamite match is. It's something I don't care about personally, um, because I like logical, cohesive storytelling that if I'm going to watch over a span of years, I want it to make sense mm. and for the actual shocks to resonate more. But maybe that's an issue that they could address with a shock title switch at some point. I do not see it happening tonight. I've kept spoiler-free as always, so I don't know for certain. Um, but yeah, it should be a straightforward first defense. I love that continuity actually matters. Mm. The Blade... You know, it's a nice thing to do. I wasn't thrilled by anything the Blade did as a singles guy um, during the absence of the Butcher. This tag team is the perfect vehicle for the talents of the former Pepper Parks. Um, they're a great tag team. The Butcher and the Blade aren't massively over in what culture towers, not just with Andy Murray. Mm -hmm. I think we all like the different dimension and the work and style they bring to AEW's tag team division because they kind of complement and almost complete the range. You've got Southern Style with FDR. You've got the 
aerial insanity of the books, their storytelling prowess, just the next level stuff that the Lucha Bros can do. You've got your up-and-coming fiery youngsters and the Varsity Blondes. There's a great range this tag team division. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade complementing it immensely. I'm very intrigued about the story and quality of this match. We know the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade can work well in tandem mm. because they've had two eight-man tags. And of course, they were in the same stable once upon a time. They've worked two particularly awesome eight-man tags. One um, against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on a February 2020 Dynamite. Just just awesome. It advanced the elite storyline that was ongoing at the time through the vehicle of just amazing action. And then they were also in the Young Bucks and FTR eight-man tag, which yeah. was just one of the best things to happen during the pandemic. It was so goddamn white hot. It's one of the first matches, like, yeah, it's be better for crowd, but it was so awesome that I don't really miss one. Um, as opponents, there's a Styles clash, but I think that it's almost perfect. The Lucha Bros are great babyface workers, but their matches are so exhilarating that sometimes the emotional heft of, like, the challenge isn't there. Sometimes, and it's great because they're the best practitioners of it, it's just a total festival of adrenaline and thrills. Like... Having two really big, powerful opponents to work against could give a new dimension to the Lucha Brothers' yeah. work that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, Penta selling it all out. Like, he looked just defeated, blown out of his arse. Like, he wasn't in bad cardio shape. He looked exhausted, he looked battered. He was bleeding. His eyes, that are usually so menacing, really looked like he was helpless in there because he'd been battered and bloodied so much. I don't think we'll get a match with the same emotional residence or the same match quality, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the Lucha Brothers sort of implement a real sort of babyface core story, their comebacks, that's decorated by their absolutely insane athletic ability. I've got high hopes for this. Mm. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From the Butcher and the Blade to the Bunny, uh, who takes on Anna J tonight. That's good stuff. That's a good segue. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, there's been a bit of history, a bit of bad blood between these two. Um, obviously, we've got the issues with the Dark Order as well. Uh, do you see them playing into this match, or is it a fairly straightforward victory to re-establish Anna J? Storyline directions that can go two ways. Two ways with this, they can um, attempt 
to support Anna Jay. And none of this like thrills me. I think it's all a bit melodramatic and poorly acted. They could come out mid-match and attempt to cheer on Anna Jay, and their obliviousness is in fact a distraction, allowing the bunny to get the win. Or Anna Jay could win. And in the post-match, the Dark Order arrive and they do kind of a tug-of-war gimmick between the divided factions within the Dark Order. Like Everything's episodic on AEW, so I expect one of those two angles to play out. I'm not, like, feeling either eventuality. As I've said on the review podcasts, I like the story. I've got no doubt that the destination, presumably in Rochester for the big reunion, yeah. is going to be quite powerful. Um, but I just think the whole thing's so... Feels like an obligatory thing that they're doing. I don't really feel like there's actual conflict and emotion. Like it's just it's not very well acted. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care. I'm interested in the match quality. Um Anna Jay was vastly improved. It was ridiculous how good she got so quickly at this. You did um, an article about it. I did an article about this, in fact. Yes. Um she worked six matches before she appeared on Dynamite. She wouldn't six. have appeared, yeah, six, before her six. first Dynamite match with Akaru Shida. She would not have got that gig were it not for the fact that they were operating with a full-time skeleton crew. They had to draft in some AQT students. Um, and she just impressed, got the gig, continued to improve. Injuries, sometimes in pro wrestling, can really affect a performer. Yeah. We've seen bad injuries transform great wrestlers into sluggish, like, not very good ones, Triple H. Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm interested in observing Anna Jay's performance and seeing if she's still got it. Hopefully she doesn't get a chant. Come on, she never really had it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. Like, you've still got it as a chant of like, oh, you're still a legendary wrestler, and I'm glad to see you return. Like, she had something, but she didn't have it yet. She's barely been in the ring. You're less green. <laughs> you're <laughs> less green. Oh, God. Uh, no one do that. No. Don't be nasty, Anna Jay. She was remarkable, given her level of experience. So I'm more interested, realistically, to see if she's still a rising star than I am in the content of the match or the storyline that surrounds it. Mm. But I, I do agree that I think we're going to get developments one way or another with this Dark Order storyline that's seemingly inevitably building towards, hopefully, yeah. a, a return for Hank, a successful return for Hangman Page, and then we can, well, Lord knows, we could probably do an entire podcast about the world title picture and, and where that path leads next um, slight conduit. This HFO that's Scott Butcher and Blade. Well, HFO acted as a segue to everything mm. on the subject of uh, Mid South Wrestling in 1983. <laughs> here's the Hardy family office that are somehow involved with it. Uh, I haven't seen any spoilers about the results from the show, but I do know that Matt Hardy comes out and does something from some tweets. Ma- from Matt me. Hardy comes out and does something with everyone every week. <laughs> yes, he's the best segue guy ever. He makes your job easier. He is, yeah, I'll give him that. Um, it's a threat It's a threat to Orange Cassidy is all I've seen so far, it's so no real spoilers. Um, he's threatening to, to shave him, shave his head, of course. That's what we've seen in recent weeks on Dynamite, etc. Um, we haven't really just had a chance to speak about it, but I sense I know your feelings about this one already. I mean, look, here's the thing. Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy was a workmanlike, unremarkable flat, solid match with a few sprinkles of Cassidy humour that nonetheless just sagged badly in the middle because Matt Hardy's kind of physically thrashed. Um, He does well to keep up, but you don't keep up in AEW. That's the thing. You continue to best the competition. You continue to raise the bar. 
keeping up is not entertaining to me. It's physically impressive on Matt Hardy's oh, yeah. part. I can't deny him that. Um, I do have a begrudging respect, even though he does interfere with my good time a lot, if I'm being perfectly honest. All of which is to say that I don't really have any interest, any emotional investment in what Hardy does going forward. However, Matt Hardy, he's better in the post-match interviews than he is during the match. I remember distinctly, right, that he lost to, I think it was the Darby Allen loss, which to be fair to Hardy, that was a great match. And, oh, the Christian? No, it was the Christian loss when he was interviewed backstage and he kept, like, dropping off asleep mid-interview. Yes, I remember that. And he's like, I've just had a kid, man. It's not fair. It's like, it isn't fair. I couldn't do my job after, like, a week of having a kid either. And it popped me, it was good. I think Matt Hardy's selling getting shaved bald will be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, he's genuinely an underappreciated comedy guy. I know it was wacky, the whole, his humor in the context of his own broken universe, and it was divisive, but he's genuinely quite a funny guy. He doesn't have to be incredibly theatrical or irreverent or daft about it to get comedy over. His various comedy roles in ROH were good. Got great comedic timing. He's got good... Almost AJ Styles esque in that people from that part of America are automatically funny. <laughs> yes. You hear? I do declare them to be humorous. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny. It is funny. Uh, so he's got that AJ Styles where I oh, can actually do it on purpose as well. And you're just inherently a funny guy because of your voice. And I'm from Newcastle upon Tyne, England. Trust me, there are various correlations between Newcastle upon Tyne and the American South in that people from the rest of England think we've got big, stupid, jolly voices, like. <laughs> so, so basically, I'm the same as Matt Hardy, except I'm entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy is entertaining. He is. He's just not on the level that yeah. I want, I expect AEW to be Let's get at. to the head shaving, basically. Get to the head shaving. He will sell it tremendously. I want to know what that head looks like. He's yeah. never not had long hair. I reckon he's got one of these... Fun, like Vince's yeah, have dreads in TNA, have I dreamt that? Oh, he had the cornrow yeah. gimmick or something. He's never not had long hair. He might have one of these funny-shaped heads, like... Yeah. You remember Vince McMahon? I was like, ah, you've got a funny head? <laughs> uh, maybe Matt Hardy's got a funny head. I hope he has. Yeah. Imagine if he's got this, like, Austin head, where it's like, oh, you're being bald really well. I want to have one of these little uh, funny gimmicks. <laughs> funny gimmicks. Okay. Uh, speaking of losing things, though... Tried to sow this through throughout the podcast. Fuego del Sol is an idiot. Fuego del Sol has put his car on the line for one more shot against Miro and that TNT championship. So, Michael Sidgwick, Fuego del Sol's walking home, isn't he? He's if walk- he can walk. He's walking home with broken legs or a broken back. Yeah, I've written, will Fuego del Sol lose his car? Or what I should have written is, how will Fuego del Sol lose his car? I'm more interested in how Miro loses the car because there is a thief in the midst. What? There is a thief in the midst in AEW in All Elite Wrestling. And that man's name is Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston stole the gorgeous bespoke uh, trainers from the Young Bucks. Yeah. He's like... Really good call. He's a thief of a man and we love him for it. Fuego del Sol, like, this is how good that first match on the first rampage was. Fuego del Sol gets a DDT. Everyone goes nuts. Second DDT. There's so much to work with, and yet there was so little in the match. It was just done so well. So I'm expecting the match to be really, really strong again. 
Um, they're like masters at, I, I've called it, like, Pat Patterson magic to the match layout in AEW in 2021. I expect this to be a continuation of that. Miro's going to win. Wigod al has got no chance. They'll give him something. And even if they don't really give him anything, which they will, but the fans will still love him. He's Fuego, he's got that cult hero status. And of course, once he becomes a cult hero babyface, chin him all the time in my book because <laughs> yep. heel's getting overruled. Miro's going to win. They've got a lot to play with. I expect it to be a nice little match again. He's going to saunter backstage, or if it doesn't happen tonight, it'll happen on Dynamite. In a segment backstage in Dynamite, he is going to get out the car, walk somewhere, and then later in the night, we're going to cut to Kingston hot wiring it. Mm-hmm. That's a great shout. And you stole something from me. You stole my shot by kicking me in the balls. I'm going to steal your car. It wasn't even my car. Nice little British bulldog Easter egg there. Um, Plus, you can buy some truck nuts to hang off the back. Have you seen truck nuts? They're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You ever seen truck nuts before? Our American listeners know about this. The balls you can hang off the back of your car. They literally just a pair of balls that you hang off, like I think the thing you attach a trailer to. They're just a thing, apparently. Redeem these truck nuts. Redeem these truck nuts. <laughs> It's either that, it's either that, or tonight, like you say, I'm a sadist, and whatever they're calling the new version of the accolade, that when he bends someone right back and their knees like bend to a point where you're like, I don't think the, like Darby's, Darby Allen's fair enough, he's just spaghetti, you yeah. do whatever you like with him. But some people I'm like, oh, oh, I couldn't bend like that. Like you might have to do a lot of yoga to get to that sort of stretch sort of thing. He, he, you know, he does that. Oh, I love a bit of it straight into the main vein with that one. Well, you cack, you cack. Um, That's what the main vein is, is you cack. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to drain your main vein, you're talking about taking a piss out, you cack. He's drinking, put his drink in my cack. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And then maybe someone suggested this on the news this morning. I thought I'd put it to you. Sammy Guevara comes to make the save because of his connection with Fuego Dos And that could be setting something up. But I agree. I think Eddie Kingston, especially with where we're heading next week, in the next, you know, fortnight is the right way to go with this TNT Championship. But you could you could also sprinkle in the Sammy Guevara thing for maybe after Kingston. Absolutely. This is what happens when you create various different connections within your world. You can just use those threads and pull them in all sorts of different interesting directions. But you need a quilt to do that. You need a quilt. WWE doesn't have a quilt. I'm going to be looking into buying you some truck nuts. <laughs> truck nuts. What a treat you've got for your birthday next week, by the way. Oh, God, You're welcome. Yeah. We saw this. He saw this. We spoke to Longbone Tone and said, put on a good show. And he went, you know what? I will. You know what? I'll sign Brian Danielson. <laughs> at great expense. And uh, who's Sidgwick's other favorite wrestler? Kenny Omega, right? They love match on his. What's his birthday? September 22nd. You got it. <laughs> right. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, already out from earlier on today, our SmackDown preview, and later on today, WrestleCulture with a hashtag bloody good quiz and then we'll be back to review AEW Rampage on Monday and if you subscribe whenever that gets released it'll pop straight into your feed but for now this has been the AEW Rampage preview my thanks to Michael Sidgwick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping. and 365-day returns.